Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. New England has no timeouts remaining. 23 seconds to play, and the Jets are going officially now to the AFC Championship game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Casamigos Big Shot of the Night is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Tonight's Casamigos Big Shot of the Night can't be a Yankee, can't be a New York Met, but it's a former Yankee, Jordan Montgomery. Gumby, Monty, the hefty lefty. Man, I was proud watching him today. That's the only game I got to really watch the full game because it came on at 3 o'clock and he was making plays. Fielding his position, right? He had a diving play to his left, catching the ball. He had a play where he was covering first base, and the guy goes seven innings pitched, gives up six hits but no runs, strikes out five, gets the win for the Texas Rangers who traded for him at the deadline a year after the Yankees traded him away at the deadline, and everybody said, oh, he wasn't going to get a postseason start with the Yankees anyway. Good for you, Jordan Montgomery. Good for you. You know, I, I can always side with a guy and root for a guy that counts on himself, that doesn't listen to naysayers or what people say about him. Or, you know, in, you know, in his case, he was a Yankee his whole career, right? He, he was drafted by the Yankees, developed by the Yankees, came up with the Yankees, got hurt, uh, got Tommy John, came back. And then the Yankees were the ones, Brian Cashman, who decided, eh, you know, this guy ain't worth it. We'll trade him away for Harrison Bader in a walking boot. I didn't mind the move last year. Don't get me wrong. When Jordan Montgomery was here, I always said he gets the DeGrom treatment. They can't score with him on the mound. The games are slower with him on the mound. That was before the pitch clock. The Yankees never gave him any run support. I felt like they couldn't win with him on the mound, but this is the Yankees. You don't just throw away left-handed pitching for a center fielder that's not going to play half of the games that you have him for, that you ultimately put on waivers and let him walk. And now Monty, I mean, he's going to have a a, a few suitors. There are Yankee fans that think he wants to come back this way. Oh, they're going to re-sign Jordan Montgomery, second tour. Maybe, or maybe not. He seemed like he was a little scorned. He seemed like, 
uh, he was a little upset. And if you go back to his last two starts against the Yankees wearing that Cardinals uniform, yeah, he had something to prove, and he proved it. He shut the Yankees down. So, Jordan Montgomery, I'm rooting for you. That's one of the rare guys in this postseason that I'm rooting for. I am rooting for the Texas Rangers to get all the way through to the World Series with Bruce Bochy. He's got some familiarity doing that. And then they'll face off against the Atlanta Braves if I had to choose. So uh, runner-up would be Royce Lewis. But I had to give that to Monty, man. I watched that game, and I'm like, look at this guy. Let this guy grow a beard, and he's a different man. And that brings me to, before we get back to the phones, the whole thing with the Yankee shaving policy. It is 2023 going on 2024. And uh, I think that was a George Steinbrenner thing. I remember watching the Donnie Baseball documentary. And it was something that they had to kind of tighten him up, you know, make him have his hair a certain length. And at this point, man, like you guys have a freaking patch over the pinstripes. There is a star double R insurance patch over the road grays and the pinstripes. We need a City Connect jersey next year as well. We deserve one. We deserve a cool City Connect jersey. You're not bigger or better than the rest of the league. The rest of the league is playing without you. The rest of the good teams are playing without you. You can't even beat the bum 106 Royals on the way out the door. So give us a City Connect Yankees uniform that the fans can go buy the hats and the jersey and the socks and the hoodies. Give us an alternate uniform. It's time. And go ahead and let these guys have beards. Maybe Carlos Rodon won't suck as bad. Maybe Carlos Rodon will find his form again if he can have a beard. What is the point of it? What is the point of it in 2024? What is it What is it accomplishing? Oh, it's history. It's tradition. You've done away with our tradition. The tradition was winning. Chase for 28. You're not even chasing that anymore. The tradition was, oh, these jerseys are sacred. You slapped the $25 million patch over it. So miss me with that. 877-337-6666. Get your popcorn ready. It's Popcorn Rob out in Babylon. Hey, Keith, man, first and foremost, man, you already know, take, thanks for uh, taking my call, man. Um, I'm hoping that you, you, I'm hoping that Jackson is not giving you a run for your money, bro. Of course he uh, is. Of course he I is. I know he is. He's worth hey, it, man. I know it is. Uh, hey, hey, Keith, I want to say this. We, we as fans here, man, in New York, we, we, we're too, we, we, it's too, it's too much critical, you know, um, and expectations out of these guys, man. Um, like, there's no possible way that if you're not encouraging these guys, man, that they're going to go out there and perform, you know, the game that really is supposed to be about fun. Like, they give us the entertainment, and at the same time, it's all supposed to be about fun. It's not supposed to be about people who are, like, really, like, crucifying, like, to the point where, you know, they're wishing people's lives to just go yeah. get the rest. Yeah, Only rough. because of a game that they're giving us. You know what I'm saying, Keith? That you know they entertaining us, man. And so, and and but and when you look at the other professional um, teams outside of New York, they don't be critical with their with their with their players like the way we are. Yeah, man. it's and different. Think, it's different. Right, like I mentioned, right, St. Louis really with Jordan weird. Montgomery, they they they're good fans, but for the most part, they applaud everyone. They don't boo their guys. It's tough. It's the yeah, culture of New York. No, and Keith, and then I get it. And, like, listen, okay, now, Altuve, uh, and especially about how, like, the Yankees um, last year, they, 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 they what they won, 99 games? The Mets won 101 games? So, you know, somewhere in, in that field or whatever. And everybody was still 
expecting for something to change. So now, now that they blew up the team and had everybody going in every direction, now it's like it, it, it became worse. You know, even with the Giants, like you know, they know they know good and well that the only way that you are going to be able to, um, you know, that you're going to be able to compete, man, out there on that field is you got to have an offensive line and you have to have a pass rush. You have to have that. That is the most important thing to me as growing up, man. Like I said. I, I remember meeting um meeting uh what's his name? Uh, uh, um uh, uh, um Thurman Munson. And Thurman Munson, you know, he he was like one time I was I was at a sleepaway camp and Thurman Munson was dating one of my counselors. It was a sleepaway camp. Long story bearable, you know, um Thurman Munson was out there, you know, um he came to we went to a little picnic or whatever, you know, and um he was telling us, you know, all of us that we were like about ten, eleven years old. He said, you know, the one who plays the best you know, uh, out of the group that we were um, accompanied with, he was like, I'm going to let you play baseball, you know, with the team that I play for. Like, mm-hmm. and I, you know, at the time, we was kids. So, we, you know, we knew that he was a Yankee, but it wasn't that, you know, to the degree where we were, like, going crazy. We, you know, we was having fun. We was, we was kids. And that's what they did back then. Like, when you went to the Yankee game and stuff like that or the Met game, before the game came, Bob was played, you know, you was at, like, a sleepaway camp or a regular camp or whatever like that, they would let you go out there and play with, you know, and, and interact with the players, man, you you know, bad in practice and all kinds yeah. of stuff, man. Yeah, and, and it was it was a great thing, man. And, and you know, Thurman Munson, I was like, you know, I went to, I remember going to the game like, yo, you said I could play. You said I was the best one, you know, that out of the group that did, you know, whatever. Um, and so now I'm ready to, you know, come out here in the Yankees and, and you know, and play. You said you, you you promised me that. But, um, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a good experience, man. And then like two, three days later, that's when that that the plane went down in August. Yeah, I remember that. I was at a sleepaway camp and just met him. So you know, and I'm I'm like a Thurman Munson fan, you know, forever. As I, you know, as am I. Thank you, Popcorn Rob. I feel like I've heard that story on the fan before. And R.I.P. Thurman Munson. I don't feel like we can talk about him enough as a Yankee captain, as uh, just you know, the right kind of guy. Um, before my time, but everything I've watched with him, you know, I feel like um. You know, you can never do enough singing of his praises. And, uh, you know, fast forward to where we are now. <sighs> it is what it is with these Yanks, man. A lot has changed and more needs to change. I feel like um, the time has come for them to come off of their high horse and their arrogance and thinking that they're all high and mighty. You're 15 years away from your last World Series um, appearance. So what are you actually standing on? Your 31 winning seasons in a row? Like you, you were the you were the team that all of the bad teams, all of the last place teams in Major League Baseball were circling this year. Like you found a way to go lose to the Oakland A's. You found a way to go lose a series to the Colorado Rockies. You just lost the last series to the Kansas City Royals. Like you were the get right team for every team you played this year. You're you're not the Yankees of old. So when they do this uh, self audit, when they do this look in the mirror. They need to say what are we what are we standing on? What are we actually doing? What are we what are we actually like every day, you know, there's like this false sense of like we are the New York Yankees. Yeah, you're you're a valuable brand. But like we're getting further and further into the future. Change is constant. Everything has to evolve, evolve or dissolve, and it's time for the Yankees to devolve in their way of thinking and doing things. 877-337-6666. Eeny meeny money mo Chris is in Manhattan. Go. 
Hey, Keith. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Keith, Thanks for calling I'm, in. I'm a longtime Mets fan. By the way, I was just thinking, watch Minnesota get to the World Series without the Yankees this year. <laughs> right? <laughs> this will be Minnesota's payday. The Yankees aren't there to, to knock them off every year. Right? <laughs> Be I mean, who knows? I I, I wouldn't yeah, I'm mind kidding it. Around, but yeah. No, but I like the Minnesota. I, I'm just happy for Minnesota that they won a yeah. playoff game, and now who knows? Now they could go on. Like what I like about baseball, adding this extra wild card, and you know, with the postseason, is they say it's a crapshoot. It really isn't because some of the same teams are in it every year. But man, That's it is true. about whoever just turns it on right now and gets hot right now can go on a run. So maybe Minnesota can. It's not always the best team and what team plays best at the right time. Exactly. exactly right. Well said. I want to talk to you about Buck and Stearns, but one thing, you know, I got to tell you, this is a tough time for me because my birthday was last week, and when you're a Mets fan and your birthday is the end of September, you have nothing but memories of seasons ending right around your birthday. So that's, like, yeah, that's but sad. This, this year was different because they were out of it earlier, so maybe it was a little bit, I eased into it a little bit more. Were you but, a Buck um, guy? Were you a Buck supporter? I was, but I, I do think he had to go. And I wanted to just get your take. And I, you might have spoken about this before. Forgive me if I didn't hear you. But everybody was, first of all, on Stearns. I like what I see. I like the fact that his contract has a five-year. He can't opt out. I like that we're finally going to get some stability here. For an organization that's had five general managers and four managers over the last eight years, this is what we need. I do feel like the Mets are headed in a solid direction. But on the criticism with Buck, um, Keith, and the whole thing, they were like, I know, listen, the Mets have botched up many, many things. They were talking about, like, oh, he got fired in the last day and Stearns came in. I mean, I didn't think that was so bad because, to me, it enabled Buck to have that moment with the fans and with the team. If they had fired Buck the next day, it would have been like he was a ghost. Well, what's your thought on that? I mean, with, with David Stearns and the whole Buck Showalter thing, I, I think I talked about it in my open uh, before Stearns got here, I thought that they should do right by Buck since this was his last hurrah as a 67-year-old baseball lifer. I don't think anyone right. else is bringing him in. I, I I didn't think this season was his fault, but I also said with the highest payroll in Major League Baseball history, the way that they failed, like heads have to roll. The manager has to go after that. I understand that. Um, and then also David Stearns should get to build, right, five years he has five years to build this thing out the way that he wants to, and he shouldn't be forced to have Buck Showalter if he sees someone else fit. Now, with the Milwaukee Brewers losing tonight, they're one loss away from their season being over and Craig Council being available, and maybe he's in line to be the next manager of the Mets. And he's a good manager, and he's obviously got rapport with, with David Stearns. And, you know, yeah. Steve Cohen, they asked him about him, and he said, I've never seen such universal congratulations saying you've got to hire this guy. So he was... You know, checked off all the boxes, former, uh, or not former, but I think he was a New yeah. Yorker and, and a Mets fan, and I, I think he's going to be great for the Mets. Uh, I think they needed another voice outside of Billy Epler and Steve Cohen yeah. being a rookie man, uh, rookie owner. Owner, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think this is the start of the Mets not being a laughing stock ever again, like being yeah. in it every year. I, I agree, Keith. And, you know, and, the, and the last thing is, like I was just going to say, um, yeah, they need that stability. And I do have to say, you know, I know a lot of people were angry at the Mets. They quickly bailed and they traded all these guys. But I do give them credit for making some decisive decisions and going, this ain't working. You know, the thing about Buck, I can't get over Keith, is like the one thing, like I get it, like he's not hitting these guys or, you know, 
um, you know, whatever. But I felt the team wasn't that prepared. And I didn't understand how the team could be so uber prepared last year and feel like they weren't this year. That was the thing that I really put – I do have to put the blame on Buck. Yeah, I, really I feel like he got old fast. I feel like when he first yeah. came in, there was respect, and that kind of disappeared. I feel like the personalities took over in the clubhouse. Another year of bringing in big money guys and, and guys with, you know, made men that, you know, made their names and careers elsewhere. I, I feel like it was too much for Buck to manage. That's why they spoke about finding someone that can manage people – um, they're going to do all the analytic stuff and they're going to work uh, in concert together to make the lineups and, and the decisions on pitching, but they need someone that can keep the clubhouse together. And I think the clubhouse certainly got away from Buck Showalter and it, it was just a mess. And uh, even with the baby Mets coming up, I feel like Buck leans towards veterans and he maybe yep. didn't want these kids as many kids in the lineup. And they probably saw uh, differently with that and and the other thing I'll add to it and thank you for the call Chris appreciate it I keep hearing that from Mets fans I think I got a call last week where somebody was talking about uh Steve Cohen punted on the season and you couldn't even dance with the three teams from your division that are in the postseason would the Mets finish 74 and 87 Steve Cohen came out and told you he didn't duck the smoke he said we had a a 12 percent chance of making the postseason those are pretty crummy odds. Those are his words. The guy said, I'm not going to put a team out there that's going to embarrass us. I love that. I never heard an owner speak like that. Embarrass us? That's an owner speaking as a fan. And lastly, he said, hope is not a strategy. Look, he, he had some bars if you really listen to him. And this is a guy now in his third year learning how to be an owner, learning how to apply his business knowledge to the business of baseball. And he knew that he needed to go and find a guy like a David Stearns. It was always David Stearns. We've been saying his name for over a year now. And now the guy's here. And on his first day on the job, right, all that conversation we had about Pete Alonzo and the clubhouse. And so clearly, Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonzo were Buck Showalter guys. Okay. Uh, they were both upset that Buck had to go. Is Jeff McNeil a Buck Showalter guy? Did Francisco Lindor get that car for Jeff McNeil? Whatever. Either way, David Stern says, I expect Pete Alonso to be the opening day first baseman next year. Believe half of what you see, none of what you hear. I saw a report that came out that the Chicago Cubs will do everything they can to acquire first baseman Pete Alonso after attempting to trade for him at the deadline. There's no doubt that the Chicago Bears have Pete on their radar this offseason, and Alonso is said to want to go to the Cubs as well. Maybe he didn't really like how things ended with Buck Showalter. And I've said about Pete that he was here before all of this, and he had to watch all of this happen, and he still hasn't gotten paid. 877-337-6666. Taking your calls till 12 a.m. Keep McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Okay, fellas, this is the last dance of the night. Get your singles ready, put your phones down, and bring your eyes to the back part of the stage. Introducing Genesis, Destiny, and Angel. <laughs> that's how I used to do it. You know, I, I just did that off the cuff. Like, that's how I used to go down. You know, you know, you know this song, right? I'm in love with a stripper. She ride and she rolls and she... This is a classic. Teddy Payne. Genuine Pony and T-Pain, I'm in love with a stripper, get played if I'm DJing the strip club 90% of nights. And they don't have to request it. It's just, it sets the vibe. Man, I, I, I miss it. I don't miss it, though. I kind of grew out of it. Not for nothing. Like, my wife will even tell you, like, I, I just, I don't have it in me to go to the strip club as a grown man anymore. Not knocking anybody that does. I'm just different than I was as a kid. I'm, I don't get as drunk as I used to get. I'm not out in the streets like that anymore. It's just like, to me, I just, you know, even when I, I go back home and home, he's like, oh, you trying to go? I'm like, not really, bro. I'd rather go to sleep. I'd rather go to sleep than deal with the chicks in there. <laughs> Keith McPherson on the fan. It can't be all Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. If you're just tuning in earlier, we played Genuine coming back from a break, and I told my story about... uh how my DJ career brought me into being a strip club DJ. I, I've done, you know, 13-year-old birthday parties, and I've done the strip club. Um, I've done college campuses. I've, I've done weddings. I've done bar mitzvahs. I've done that type of stuff. And then I've done, you know, the strip club. It ain't for everybody. It's not for everybody. But led me to where I am today. Uh, working and, and having different experiences and all that stuff, it... It helps make you who you are. I wouldn't be the person I am if I didn't have all of those nights grinding and working in the strip club. And I also, when I was younger, I didn't want to just work any job. Like, I did, there were some jobs that used to just, like, you know, if I couldn't wear my fitted or I couldn't have my phone out or I couldn't, like, be myself, I'm like, I'm not beat for this job, man. I worked at, I worked at a, a gym, a couple gyms, and I didn't mind working at the gym because it's a free membership. Uh, my first job ever, I was a janitor. At a summer camp, just mopping floors and uh, cleaning toilets. It's not great, but it was cash money, and I was with all my friends doing it. Uh, I think one day we actually talked about that on the fan because we had someone call in from Camp David, uh, which was a Jewish camp. It still exists down in the shore area that they have at my intermediate school, my middle school. So, you know, all the guys that cleaned up the camp, we were – janitors slash maintenance men we were all you know athletes from the high school all the football players wrestlers baseball players we would all like work at that camp that was my first ever job 
Um, I worked at House of Q in Weehawken, which is right by the ferry, for two months. That was the only restaurant I ever worked in, just going through some things and uh, funds were getting low and I needed to get out of the house. And I had some connections over there where I remember, you know, (laughs) printing out my resume and giving it to, I can't think of her name. She was a nice lady, the manager over there. And she looked at my resume and just threw it out. It had no restaurant experience. It was like MOB Fan Cave, social media manager at MTV, Fubo TV, Rock Nation, like corporate experience. But uh, I had quit my corporate jobs, and I was driving Lyft Uber. I was hustling on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, uh, doing anything I could freelance to make some money. And when the bread got low, I was like, all right, I got to just get a – an hourly job and I worked over there for two months and I did a bunch of other things, man, that led me to, uh, WFAN. This is by far the best job I ever had by far, <laughs> not even close. There's no, there, none of the other gigs stack up, uh, you know, DJing at the strip club is fun, but it is not as fun as this. So, uh, let's close the show out this next 20 minutes. Let me see if I can get all five calls in. That means you guys don't get more than four minutes. Sorry about it. It is what it is. Young Josh on the fan in Passaic. What's up, Josh? Good, Keith. How are you? You know, another night. Good to be back on earlier and another five-hour show. Do it again tomorrow. This was one of the first. I was watching, like, the two last wildcard games. You know, the Mom's Phillies game, the Brewers Twins. The, not the Twins. The Brewers game. And I hadn't really watched a full game since, like, June-ish. Wasn't it? I just find these games boring. I could be with the games. I think I'm just out of the baseball one completely now. No, you're just young. The young people, they're not about to tune in to watch uh, Diamondbacks Brewers. Definitely not young New Yorkers. You know, uh, you're, the younger generation's not tapped in like that. Um, and they know that. Major League Baseball absolutely knows that. And it's a they regional thing. Like, games if you were tuned in too much. Would you say say that again? They weren't such exciting games anyway. Not, no game really came down to the I thought I thought all these games were pretty good. There was the only like I guess blowout was the Rangers Rays because it was four nothing. But like there were the Rays blew it. They had a ton of errors. Uh, Glass now I enjoyed watching him uh, struggle and, and watching Monty succeed. The Twins they got on them early. I love seeing uh, Gossman struggle. Like I don't know. I, I guess my Yankee rooting interest. I saw a lot of things that I liked and that were interesting. I just saw a picture of Bryce Harper blowing through the stop sign of his third base coach. He he, he never saw him. He ran right past him. Uh, I thought it was a good uh, first day of games. I'm excited to see uh, who gets eliminated tomorrow. Now I'm talking about the end of the games. All the end of the games are dead. But I was seeing so much. All the Mets for um, Mets, oh, that, uh, that Mets D-backs Brewers game. That game really got de- got decided in the ninth. I'm not trying to talk you into it. You know, it is what it is. It was funny. I it was funny to see all the Mets players that they traded. First time I was actually watching them live with their new teams, and uh, none of them did pretty much it. But what I want to say about the Giants, I mean, last night was just like slug, and what stressed me out was that they finally, finally worked their way into the red zone. They needed a face mask penalty for that, a few little dunks, thinking dunks, and you finally get in there for like finally have a chance. You throw the pick six, it's just deflating because you're not marching across the field again. Even if you do, now you're, now you're down. Breaker, that was the game right there, man. And Darren Waller, that, you know, that's why I say, right, at that point of the game, 
Daniel Jones was impaired. Daniel Jones was altered. Because if that's early in the game, he makes that read, makes that throw. But he had taken so many hits and so many things had happened through the course of the game. I think he was just pressing, didn't get off that first read, and he threw it right to the guy. And and that guy had a hell of a game. That that guy right now is uh I, I did a stream on top rookies in the NFL. I'm like, he's rising up the charts as defensive rookie of the year. I'm trying to find out if Daniel Jones is really that $40 million quarterback, but I can't even find out. No, he is. The, the paperwork is signed. The line doesn't hold up. He's the guy. He's, the guy. he's definitely a $40 million quarterback. And there's a bunch of $40 million quarterbacks. A lot of them have struggled. Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I'm trying to find out the struggles on him because it, I, I'm, right now I don't think it is. I don't know why everybody's going to blame Jones. He doesn't have time and his receivers don't get open. So why does this fall on Daniel Jones? Right. That's what I'm saying, man. It is That is the hardest position to play when you don't have protection. It's not that he's scared, but he's like he's, he's taking hits all game. And it, it's hard to process information and make the right decisions when you feel like you're on your own. Please do not forget he does not have Saquon Barkley, a quarterback's best friend is a good running back. He doesn't have his left tackle to protect his blind side. That's comfort right there, knowing, hey, Andrew Thomas is stopping anybody coming uh, from my backside that I can't see. I I feel for Daniel Jones. It's going to be a tough rest of the season. Help is not on the way. And even when they do get Saquon and Thomas back, like, the season might be lost. They might be one and five. They might be, you know, who knows? I I wouldn't even let Saquon and, and Andrew Thomas play in these next two weeks. I'd wait until the commander's game. What is this whole push-push thing? That's when you have three offensive linemen that are in the Pro Bowl. Then you do that push. When <laughs> That's you when have you have Jalen Hurts, who can squat line. 600 pounds. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a copycat cat league. Everybody sees a play like that. Remember, everybody did the Wildcat, right? Everybody's trying to find a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, everybody needed a dual-threat running quarterback. It, it's a copycat league. Everybody does the same things. We have all, all these plays. Every time a guy runs behind Jones, a receiver, and takes it, if we ever get yards, if you ever get a yard, they're like, wow, that played so much action. Got one yard, and the running backs, when Barkley's not there, they get one yard. Yeah, that's what I was saying last night. I'm like, five, Bre- second and nine. Breida Breida just falls trash. down. Every like, time he touches the ball, he just falls. There was so much open falls. grass for him, and he kept falling. And I was saying, Saquon would have broken that game open multiple times early in that game. If Saquon gets the ball, he's in the open field. So, like, I, I, I understand Daniel Jones got paid. Daniel Jones is a quarterback. He's got to play like a $40 million quarterback. But, man, it's all uphill for him right now. The whole team is bad right now. The whole team is bad right now. You got these guys coming in like it's a fashion show. Monday Night Football fit check. Kayvon Thibodeau showing up in all pink. And uh, Xavier McKinney wearing shoulder pads. And and they're not, they're not really doing it. Thanks for the call, Josh. It is what it is. And it ain't going to get easier against the Dolphins and the Bills. But any given Sunday, I heard a, a Dory Jackson call up and tell BT and Sal, it's any given Sunday league. Good luck to him. Let's go to Ron on Long Island. Thanks for holding, Ron. You're on the fan. All right, thanks, man. Yo, what's up, Keith? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling in. Like I said, I, I appreciate you holding. I, I got to you. It, it took a while, but you're on. <laughs> nah, I appreciate it, man. Yo, just real quick, a little sidetrack, yo, hearing your story about all the jobs, man. Uh, it's inspirational, to be honest. You know, I had so many jobs, uh, can't count them on all my digits, my fingers and my toes. So, you know, it was inspirational right there, man. Appreciate well, yeah, that. You, you got to survive. And I always been broke, so I had to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel you, man. I'm doing good work right now. But, um, you know, 
Yeah, I'm glad to hear you're doing good right now. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to make this quick. I know it's the end of the night for you. So uh, I called in, you know, of course, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Look, I, I hear everybody saying, oh, it's not all Daniel's fault and everything like that. But to be honest with you, man, I mean, you know, everybody's saying the line, the line. But pocket time, I mean, I look at stats. Justin Herbert, for example, Josh Allen, 2.4, 2.3 uh, seconds pocket time. I'm sorry, I got to say it, but Justin Herbert has Keenan Allen and Quentin Johnson, and he had Mike Williams. He still got Josh Palmer. Uh, Stephon Diggs is with Josh Allen. They got guys that they have timing and rapport with that they know, all right, one, two, three, throw the ball to this spot, and Diggs is there. Throw the ball to this spot, Keenan Allen is there. I, they haven't gotten there yet, even with 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 uh, with Waller and uh, you know Wandale and, and Jalen and uh, Darius yeah, Slayton and but... Isaiah Hodgins. They have there's not one clear cut number one guy that that you can go to to bail you out. But that's the thing I'm saying. Like you have first of all, you have all training camp, right? To build a rapport yeah. and everything like that. I understand. Like okay, maybe the first game you're a little rough. Maybe second game okay, whatever. But it just seems like Jones just regressing, period, to the point that even the defensive player from Seattle was like, all I had to do was look yep. at his eyes. Yeah, he said he stares you down know? his receivers and, yeah. He stares them down. It's, like, it's crazy, come on, you can't do that. In, in preseason, that one drive that they put together against the Carolina Panthers had most of us like, oh, this offense is going to be different this year. They're going to really be able to go. They're going to be versatile. They're going to have different – uh, formations and be able to motion and 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 keep defenses off balance without Saquon without Andrew Thomas that's not true and then like the Carolina Panthers they they gave the Seahawks a way better challenge than uh than the Giants did I mean, I mean we came into that game last yeah. night talking about how many points the Seahawks were giving up and the Giants ended up with <laughs> only three <laughs> but that's been the story since last year though and that's the funny thing because my friend was over here after the Minnesota loss. You know, uh, Giants beat Minnesota last year. He was like, oh, Jones is the future. This time, I'm like, bro, listen, I've, I've been saying this since, uh, since last year. I'm like, Jones sucks. And I could tell because he runs. I haven't seen him throw. And every time I see him throw, he just looks at, looks down his receivers. You can yeah. tell what he's about to He doesn't throw. have respect and in that, the league. I'll tell you that. The way, the way those 49ers defenders talked about him, and even last night they were tweeting about him, that's crazy. They were tweeting about yeah, Eric Armstead was tweeting to to Seattle about the Seattle players like, "Oh, you let them have a career game." Like Daniel Jones does not have respect. He's got a target on his back because of that contract, and it it, it, it is only going to get worse these next couple weeks. Thank you for the call and thank you for holding, Ron. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning calling signals, takes the snap, looks left, lobs it left, throws it wide open, touchdown Giants! In the left corner of the end zone! Touchdown! With 35 seconds to go, and the Giants regain the lead! Manning the bird! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hell yeah, I like the way that sounds. Keith McPherson on the fan, closing things up here. And uh, during the break, I went back and listened to Evan Roberts earlier during the show when he blamed the Yankees for where we are right now and the Yankees not making the postseason and the focus being on how bad the Jets and Giants are. And 
I understand why Evan left me out, so I apologize for thinking that Evan was, like, slighting me in any type of way. I went back and listened a little bit deeper, and like I said, I didn't get to listen to the show today. I'm daddy daycare, taking care of my son, but as I was showering up and getting ready to come in, I went back to that because I was like, why would Evan be blaming the Yankees? (laughs) What he was saying is, in years past, you know, he mentioned C-Mac coming up next. He mentioned... um, BT, who had been down the hall in years past with CBS Radio, which is literally just, like, not down the hall. It's, like, three feet from the studio. He mentioned Morash. He mentioned, uh, I think those are the three Yankee fans he mentioned, Morash, BT, and C-Mac. And then he said, myself, Tommy, and others would, you know, we'd be hating on the Yankees as Mets fans. So he was leaning into the years here. And, you know, sometimes I don't even realize it. I haven't even been here two years yet. And uh, a lot of the guys you hear on the radio here, whether they were at CBS Radio or whether they were WFAN behind the scenes, like, they've been here a decade. That's a long time. Like, a decade ago? I don't even know what I was doing a decade ago. I was coming out of college 11, 12 years ago, and um, I understand what Evan was. I was like, when I was hearing that, he was listening, listing, listing the Yankee fans at the fan. I'm like, why would he not mention me? I'm not a Yankee fan, or was that a slight? No, I wasn't a slight. It was Evan talking about, like, in years past that the Yankees made the postseason all of these years. Let's say if you go back to the last time they missed the postseason, um, you know, what the Yankee fans in the building would be doing. And he mentioned C-Mac, Morash, and and BT. Morash and BT at CBS Radio. And then C-Mac, obviously, on the boards and behind the scenes and doing his show. C-Mac's coming up next. I have, a t- have time for one more call. It goes to Nick out in Huntington, New York. What's up, Nick? You're on the fan. Uh, Keith, just what you just said. You, you, C-Mac, I listen to the fan, Steve Summers, Bedingo, since the 90, you know, 1990, like Ranger Rehab, Summers had a show. And uh, I like listening to you and C-Mac. You guys are fantastic. I really, is. A, it's a breath of fresh air to listen to both you guys. I really enjoy that. And I mean that. And you said it's a good job for you. You do a damn good job. I'm just telling you right now. Thank you. But uh, I'm calling up as a Cowboy fan, all right? My disdain for the 49ers. Yeah, big you know, in the Listen, in the catch game, just so you know, in that catch game, we were there in field goal range. Dwight Clark gets the catch. White drove them down, and Fred Dean had a big sack. We were mm-hmm. about 10 yards from field goal range. But uh, look, you're talking about Danny Jones. It's Dakota's time. It really is his time. It's all, yeah. it, look, Keith, it, it, the whole team is Dak. I'm serious. The defense is there. The skilled guys are there. The line's there. You know, it, it, he can't have it. You can't lose to Purdy and Garoppolo. The defense gave them both those games. The defense played good enough to win. They got to score points. Uh, Keith, yeah, it's it, I love the Cowboys so much. It's on Dakota. Just what do you think? Rain Dakota Prescott. You got to make the throws. You got to lead the team down the field. If they're down because Christian McCaffrey scored three touchdowns and they got to come back, you got to find CD. You got to find one of these three tight ends they use. You got to find Michael Gallup. You got to find it with your feet and get first downs and don't fold under pressure. They asked him about last year with the 49ers at the end of the game on Sunday and it pissed him off. And he said, you guys must be trying to piss me off going into 49ers week i like that energy channel that energy and go into practice and get ready because this is it right here again you're gonna go to san fran santa clara and the team that ended your season back-to-back years you have a chance to go in there and show them that this is a different year early so that's all i've got folks we'll talk more i'll be right back at 7 p.m c mac is next i'm out Sports Radio 101.9 FM, WFAN, New York.
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.